but in compassionate leadership, in teams, you see this. If you if it's person first, as opposed to the project first, right? Now you start to look at someone and you're like, Hello and welcome to Finding Your Spark Again. I am so glad you are here with us today. My guest today is Lisa Zarotny. She's a productivity specialist and accountability coach, the founder of Positively Productive Systems and the host of Positively Living Podcast. She helps multitasking creatives and caregivers reduce overwhelm and boost productivity without burnout and without sacrificing what they love. When she's not sharing the wonders of simplicity, self-awareness, self-care, and systems, you'll find her hanging out with her husband and kiddos, acting like a rock star or watching movies, or hiding out with an iced coffee and a good book, probably trapped under a cat. Lisa holds current certifications in time and stress management, life coaching, and positive psychology. She's helped hundreds of clients do less, live more, and breathe easier. I am so glad to have you here, Lisa. Oh, Donalyn, I'm I'm so excited to have this conversation. We have so much overlap in what we believe in and what we bring uh, to others, and I'm excited to just have an exponential increase of that as we talk. Yes, totally. I love the amplification of the energy, right? I mean, that's just the whole point of it, right? It's like, well, how can we have more conversations that create more energy in the direction we're trying to go? Yeah, yeah, I love it. And and that I feel like really uh, hones in on something that we, we are definitely talking about today, and that is energy management. So there are a few ways to look at energy management, and we are going to dive into that from a bunch of different perspectives, right? So uh, tell us a little bit about you and how you come to the work. Excellent job with the bio, by the way, especially with me throwing in lots of S words and simplicity and systems and things like that. But it was those things that got me through another S word, which is survival. Okay, I had a really difficult I want to, sometimes I call it a dark time. Uh, it's hard to say what it is exactly, but I know you understand. And if you've ever been a caregiver, you do understand. I was a caregiver for my mom while she had Alzheimer's. And at the same time, I was pregnant with my kids and I have two kiddos. And so at one point I had an infant, a toddler and a mom with Alzheimer's. And I was in a very unusual and very unique sandwich caregiver situation, which we are seeing more and more now. But during that time, it was survival mode. And that means letting go of the negotiables and sometimes the non-negotiables. And when all was said and done, and she no longer needed my care, she had passed on and I had to focus on my family and still had my littles in front of me. And I thought, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? And that's something we say so often to ourselves, right? We have this idea of what do I need to do to fix something to add on to my life? And thankfully, there was a voice inside me that said, whoa, what you need to do is take a nap. You know, I, I say that jokingly, but in all seriousness, it was like, take a breather, take a moment, take a step back and process what happened, process the things that you have set to the side. And I'm talking, being realistic and fully transparent here. 
bins and bins of paperwork that I that I didn't have the time or the energy to handle. And going through all of this, clearing a path. And it became a path that I cleared emotionally and physically, mentally, truly saw a difference in my family, a difference in myself and thought, whoa, I'm on to something here. And that led me in this beautiful winding path of becoming a professional organizer, because that's a very tangible thing that we see all the time. You know how it feels to declutter and organize stuff, right? And then uh, moving into that whole aspect of, wait a minute, it's the head and the heart, really, that drives all of this. It's why we keep the things we do, why we don't get to the things we do to put them away. You know, how our our physical uh, area, our space affects and reflects our mental space. So I immediately thought, as tends to be my way, how can we be more efficient with this? And I went, well, if we go to the head and the heart first, the rest is going to take care of itself. And, and that's where I have been playing and researching and, and uh, teaching ever since to help us understand why we have what we have, what belongs in our space and yeah, how we can live more fully without all the stuff that really actually gets in the way. I love that. That is so um, kind of you to share and also uh, so inspirational that those are the lessons that you took from that time. I, um, you know, I am also currently a caregiver. So that's interesting, right? Is that my mom fell and she's, uh, she fell in a way where she had an injury that's going to take her a while, <laughs> right? You know, every time somebody is a caregiver, there's a different expected outcome and our expectations play into everything, right? And uh, this expected outcome is a, a positive one, right? It's like, she's going to get up and walk again. And we just have to figure out how the muscles work and, you know, all the things and keep her safe and happy and, you know, all the things in between. Um, and I was also a caregiver for my husband, my late husband before he passed away. And, um, one of the things that's really, um, taps into this concept for me of energy management during the chaos is that concept of expectation. So everybody in my life looked at my husband, they were like, girl, you are not headed in the direction you think you're heading in. Like he is going out. And I was like, you are not welcome in my world. Now you can leave because my expectation is opens a door that allows other people to behave differently. If they want to, they don't have to, but in the meantime, right? The price I pay for not being realistic about it is that I get to be happier and I get to have more energy and I get to tap in to joy and I get to be present in the moments without the heaviness of a negative expectation during that time period. And we do this in our businesses, right? We do this to a sm much smaller extent to our projects that we have in front of us where we're like, oh, it probably won't work, but I'm going to try it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, right? what? This is the hard way. This is the hard way or it's getting hard, right? And if we manage that expectation piece of it, whether we're caregiving or we're going on vacation, 
right. Or we're um, being productive. That's it makes such a huge difference just in terms of what we bring. What can I bring to the table? Something really different if we expect it to go well, isn't it? Yeah, I love how you describe that and that expectation, what you're talking about. And even, you know, in the the circumstance of, uh, you know, caring for your husband. And by the way, my, my heart goes out to you deeply for that. And what a beautiful thing you did for him, not only to care for him, but to care for him with that hope and and positivity. Uh, there's something really precious about that. But the other thing we don't think of in a, on the practical side of it is that it is something, uh, an energy that invites opportunities, right? So it invites resources that we wouldn't necessarily have. Uh, and a lot of times that's that the whole concept of self-fulfilling prophecy in one direction or another. Now, yes, I understand that there are many circumstances in life and death that we cannot overcome, but the path that we are on definitely changes significantly. And the resources we receive while we're on that path change based on that attitude and the expectations. Yeah. And also, I mean, this may be specific to caregiving in, in that way, but for me, the gift wasn't my gift to him, right? The gift was his gift to me, right? Being willing to accept care, uh, developing a new part of our relationship that hadn't been there before. Um, and there is something spectacular. And I know that that's maybe a controversial wor word, but it is true. There is something amazing and spectacular about uh, accompanying someone to the exit door. And it's not been my first time with my uh, late husband, but there is an energy to that trip that they're taking that is uh it's just raw and uh wonderful and open and you know you talk about head and heart and that energy if you let it moves from the head and right expectation what's gonna happen how's it gonna work out i don't know if it's gonna work out you know all the things if if it moves directly into your heart and my experience is that people who know that they're in trouble physically know that it's time for them to feel, to feel good, to feel bad, to feel, to start talking about what they're feeling, to reach out to people and say, this is what I'm feeling. And, and even for those who haven't been able uh, to, to speak with their actions, right? How they leave. Right. So uh, yeah, I mean, there's so much in that that is the gift that um but we have to pay attention we have to really pay attention we have to be present and we have to not be in the future it is so true and you humble me with those words and remind me of how this what i call my origin story right we're having a conversation like how did you become a productivity strategist well you know it's it's maybe an unexpected journey but what a beautiful one so was it difficult oh yeah but did it give me the most incredible gift that i hope will continue to be a gift for others you know, it is my intention to be here, to have this conversation. Every other place I have a conversation, every client I work with, every friend, you know, who knows what I do, 
I would hope would be a continued ripple effect. And, and I think that was the last gift that my mom gave to me. And how beautiful is that? Yeah, there's, it's the paying attention, it's the being open to opportunity. And it's, yeah, this kind of thing, it, it does apply everywhere in our lives. You're right in our businesses, everything that we do. It's all so much more connected than we realize. Totally, totally. Uh, you know, you talk about productivity, right? This seems like uh, counterintuitive. It seems like, look, either I can be productive or I can feel my feelings, but you can't have, you can't be having both at the same time, right? Most people feel like that. And, um, and you also talk about bringing compassion into your productivity uh, relationship, right? Your relationship with productivity and, and maybe with where that, that leads, that productivity leads. Can you talk a little bit about that and why that's important? Yes, I would love to. Thank you for asking. So one of the things that I realized, and as I studied it, it was like reverse engineering, like what I was doing. I'm like, I, I'm coming at this differently. What's going on here is this idea of positive psychology. And in a nutshell, so positive psychology was this psychology field or the, the side of psychology, if you will, that was brought about, you know, with uh, people like Martin Seligman, uh, who wanted to see shall we say, the, the not disordered side of psychology. A lot of times psychology is based on the, the problems that we're having, the things that we hope to fix or accept or to do whatever, you know, to do something with that are, are causing us issues. And positive psychology was like, but where's, where's, you know, I want to be so careful with words like good and bad. I don't like using those, but it's sort of that there has, there has to be another side. So let's explore that as well. Things that are, are really creating amazing things in us. And gratitude is a great example of that. But compassion is another part of it. And it's the idea of living what's referred to as a strengths-based life. That's always a challenge for me to say. I think I did okay. And so with that, when we focus on our strengths, right, when we lean into what works, what I love and what I found was there's an absolute overlap and there's, it's not just a correlation, but, you know, a causation here that you will be more productive in the sense that we think of getting the things done that we need to get done for the reasons why we need to get them done. But we will back up a little bit in saying that there's a mindset behind productivity too, uh, that for so long it's do, 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 go, go, go. How much can we get done? There's like a push and a force behind it. And that came from the industrial revolution and just how much can we get done? How many things can we create in this amount of time? It was all time-based, right? Time-bound and very strict and cut and dry. It's that concept of productivity that I think feels the most um, incongruous with <laughs> compassion and healing and energy and the things that we talk about. But when we start to think about productivity as doing the right things at the right time, the right way for us, to achieve what we want to achieve, to live more, to live with purpose, then we can understand how deeply necessary it is to tap into our core values and to be compassionate with ourselves as well as others. So you start to see the connection more and more as you adjust both the definition and you see how much 
these things that you talk about here in the podcast and that I love to talk about how, how much they really do connect to us achieving. You know, you so reminded me of this moment and it took me back in time to a moment I've never spoken about. I probably forgot about it until this very second. Um, but when I, I had a job and it was, uh, I worked in the sound industry. So, uh, I was in a recording studio and we were writing some code. We were actually, I think we were putting in, uh, we were writing a, an exhibit for a museum in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Oh, it's all coming back to me. Um, and, uh, but anyway, so I, I had this job to do and there were, you know, 700 of these things that needed to happen. And I had to change some code and then put some sound in and then da, 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 you know, do these steps for each one. And I remember doing it. And the, the man who I was working for came in after 10 minutes and said, how many did you do? And I said, oh, I did whatever, six or something. And he was like, okay, okay, we're going to make it on time, right? And it's that sort of approach that you remind me of when, when you talk about time bound, right? And when I think about what productivity means in my life now, it is completely not that, right? It is completely not that. Like that was a really... um What's interesting is that you feel like I should put that in another category. I should put that in a category of like, oh, yeah, that happens. But then let's talk about this other thing that's over here now. Right. But it's not true. It's not true. If the if the compassion had been there. Right. If there was any sense of heart and head in that process, then the amount of time that things takes changes and also time itself seems to have a very different relationship with us when our hearts are activated. So often we produce a lot more in a much shorter period of time and there's no explanation, right? Exactly. And if you think about it, okay, we'll talk about some practical elements to this, which you do see uh, in, in compassionate leadership. And that's actually where you probably see the word the most. And I'm bringing it into, I talk about compassionate productivity. I don't know how many other people are using this phrasing, but I am because it absolutely fits. But in compassionate leadership, in teams, you see this. If you if it's person first, as opposed to the project first, right? Now you start to look at someone and you're like, what's going to energize you? This is the energy management we're talking about. But it's even on a practical level, it's like, do you need a break? It is so like undervalued how much a break, a breather, a snack, maybe that's just me because I get hangry. But you know, it's like understanding yourself and what you need and understanding that rest is productive. It, we have these, you know, things that we've been taught and, and society loves to uphold it. Oh, you're burning the candle at both ends. No, do not praise that. That's leading to burnout. And you might see that quote boost in productivity, but it's going to be very short term. If in the situation where you were working on, you know, a set of steps uh, that had to be done repeatedly, looking at it from the standpoint of, do you need a break? Do you need a change in scenery? How's the environment for you? Um, do you need to listen to music while you do it? Or do you need complete silence? You know, is the temperature good? How um, Have you had enough of a break or a snack? The more that you do something, the more you can find the efficiency in it, the more that you can repeat it. And I, 
I thought you were going here, um, and it, this is definitely something we have to watch for. If we don't, we keep trying to push the other thing that happens that we forget, we don't think about in terms of productivity, and we need to, is the potential mistakes that'll be made. When you get weary and you're pushing and you just want to get it done, and your heart isn't activated and you are not, you know, in the moment and you're not fully present, you also increase the likelihood of having to redo it. So yeah, it's, it's this like the two potential directions of being really productive by incorporating these things that we don't necessarily think of as being productive or pushing and actually potentially reducing our overall productivity. It's wild. <laughs> I love that you you are so activating uh, some some things from that time period of my life. Like we used to have a saying that said, "If you don't have time to do it right, how are you going to have time to do it twice?" Right, and and that you know really is meant to kind of tell people to focus to come back into the moment, to be present, right? We didn't have words like that because it was a while ago, <laughs> right? Um, but but that's really what that means, right? It means how do you be in this moment with all of your energetic resources and, and do something magical, right? Because it's kind of magical that we're here. And and the other thing that's I I love and this is so important as a, an entrepreneur is that if if something isn't getting done if it really is a slog, maybe that's a sign too. Let's get curious. Uh, it's not just about how do we get it done, but asking are we supposed to be getting this done? Why are we doing this? You know, it's like stepping back and understanding uh, truly what belongs on that to do list. That's a big part of the system that I have for helping someone with a task list. And uh, it's a 4D system to make it easy to, to remember. And part of that really is asking, does this even belong? And I jokingly say, the best way to check something off your list is to delete it. But I really mean that. And I think, think right now, I know you're listening to this and you're like, oh yeah, I know what she's talking about. There's something on my list I have right now. I've brought it from list to list. I keep rewriting the to-do list. It keeps staying there. It's languishing. I feel horrible about it. Just delete it. Delete it. So it's, yeah, it's, this is, this is where that, that compassion, the, the connection to our values, all of these things come into play where it's like, if we start questioning and we come at it from a what's best for me, because when it's best for me, I will show up my best. You're, you're changing the entire footing of productivity, but you're still making things happen. Yeah. And actually, in a far more productive way, my experience with that is that if you um, if you are willing to cull, you know, if you're willing to prune a little that what happens is the efforts that you're making are not diluted by you running around and trying to do all the other things. And so suddenly you, you pick the most productive piece of it, right? The thing that matters most to you or that is going in the direction you want to go, right? The river goes faster and faster if you let it. And once you do that and you kind of just willingly release those other things, my experience is that you go farther in the direction you want to go. And also those things somehow kind of magically happen. So 
one of the things that I've really noticed, because, um, you know, I've, I have had a couple of different careers. I've had been blessed with like incredible success in my life. And what I've seen is that there are moments in my life when I've had inspiration and I thought, oh, I gotta, I gotta go and do this other thing right now. I gotta go tell people about this thing, right? And you go like, this is not even on your path. What are you talking about? Come on, you're just catching a wave, you know? And, but it's, nobody's talking about it. I gotta get out, I gotta tell everybody. I'm Paul Revere here, you know? I gotta tell everybody something's happening, right? And, um, and what I find is, as you go on your path and you integrate the information and the feelings and all of those things that happen in an inspiration, even when it's not followed, um, that you look back a year or two or 10 later and you're like, oh, look, 10 other people picked up that idea and they're doing great and they're changing the world in that way. And I'm changing the world in this way. And we're getting to to be part of the same swirl, which is uh, pretty amazing when you think about um, the importance of our work in the world and why it matters to us. and to to outside of us. Yeah, I love that. When you were describing, uh, you know, just the idea of picking up things and also how things would like flow faster, right? And and our energy sort of increases when we're on the right track, when we're doing the right things. And I really, really love how you described culling things, which is, you know, my word for it is decluttering. It's why even though I'm not technically a professional organizer anymore. We do a lot of professional organizing work together because those elements of decluttering and simplifying and figuring out the right place for the right thing, that all still applies, but it applies to, again, our head and heart. And when you were describing the flow, when we, yeah, simplify, right, and streamline, and we're pointed, you know, in the right direction and everything that we do is as opposed to pulling at each other, right? Energetically, we're going in the same direction. There's a really great visual, and um, this book really speaks to it. It's one of my favorites, Essentialism, by Greg McEwen. And there's an image on his book of a circle with all these arrows pointing out from it, almost like sun spokes, right? With arrows. And you can imagine energy being pulled like you're not moving anywhere because it's being pulled out from that circle versus a circle where you have arrows coming out from one side of it and they're all pointed in that same direction. And that I've always thought of that image in terms of how we harness our daily energy, if you will, toward what really matters to us and what our best, uh, basically, are, you know, you can talk in very sort of hard and fast productive ways like your ROI, your return on investment stuff, because if it's tapping back into what really matters, what you really value, what your life purpose is, then yeah, you, you have a beautiful marriage of these two things. And that directly relates to your energy management. And like you said, it actually makes you more productive. Yay. <laughs> yes, 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 totally. And I love that you bring up measuring because measuring is so important. And in uh, the process that I use, we actually are able to measure your emotional energy. And so that awareness, right, same way as a, a KPI or a, 
ROI, right? I look at my business and I say, how is it going? Is it doing what I think it's going to do? Am I contributing in a way that is meaningful to my efforts, right? All of that uh, you can do also with your emotional system, right? So that energy that is around your body, the energy that's in your heart and in your head, all of that is also measurable, just like a business. And so being able to really raise that awareness in like a, a concrete way is so similar to what you're talking about. And I do think that a lot of times when people go like, oh, I'm going to put compassion in my business, throw out the books. <laughs> what? <laughs> We don't throw out the books just because we also want to be human and present and aware of our own energy because that's what is creating, right? Is our energy. It doesn't just create on its own. Absolutely. And the more that we have, it's not only self-acceptance, which is a beautiful thing. That's part of compassion and self-compassion, but also the idea of saying, okay, and, th and this is really where, where I play the most and uh, it's just so oh, wonderful. I love it so much is, okay, now how do we leverage this? And it sounds so basic when you say it, but you're like, ah, okay, I see the connection now with the, with energy and everything else. We try to create habits every day, right? That are going to, again, I don't want to say the good and the bad, but say, we'll say th habits that serve us and maybe habits that don't serve us or where we want to go. And it's so easy to uh, feel like, oh, I should do it this way, or I'm supposed to, you know, all of it, as soon as those words come out, raise an eyebrow <laughs> and double check. Uh, and so it's so much fun for me to say, okay, let's talk about how you work best and now we'll find something that will still get you where you want to go, but in a way that you're almost like, wait a minute, is this a cheat code? Like, what did I, like, what did I miss here? This feels way too, like, straightforward. Uh, isn't it supposed to be difficult in order for it to be valuable? It's like all of these misconceptions we have. No, when you really lean into who you are and how you work best. My favorite example of that was starting a business and being told you need to have a blog. And I'm a good writer. I do want to, <laughs> I do want to preface it with that. I'm a solid writer. I, I was in communications in my, you know, former life, but for some reason, imagine if you will, this was my blog. <sighs> that would me be, uh, that that's me, the sound of me blowing an inch or so of dust off of my blog because <laughs> I never wrote, I would not write the articles. Why? Again, it's that resistance and we have to ask why. Well, in this case, it wasn't the message that was the question. It was the medium. And when I found podcasting and having conversations like this, I was like, oh, I found my place. And now ironically, I write more than ever as a result. But and that's a very simple, very basic way of saying, hey, look at this. You, you need to have a habit in place. There are certain things you need to get done. There's a message you want to get out there. Let's find the way that makes the most sense for you and you will be thrilled at how well you achieve what you need to achieve and how I, I don't want to say easily necessarily. It can be easy, but it can certainly be simply. Love that. Well, I know that we're coming to uh, the end of our time, but I really want to talk about your joy list. <laughs> 
That's so fitting for you, right? I was like, I can't wait to tell Donna Lynn about this. Yes, my joy list. So I have a productivity toolkit, and it's actually a free toolkit for anyone who would like it. You can go to my website, PositivelyProductive.com, to request it. And it is the same workbooks that I use with all of my clients. So there's core values. There's a focus file for like doing a, a mind sweep. But the third one in there is the joy list. And the joy list is a set of simple questions to remind you of really what brings you joy. And you're like, well, that sounds nice, Lisa. <laughs> like, no, I listen to Donna Lynn. So I do get why that's important. But it's even better than that, because it then creates like your own guide for self-care, for energy management, because when you look at the answers that you've given, you can say, oh, oh, that's something I haven't done in ages. It brings it top of mind and you find a way to incorporate it. Or you find something you're like, oh, well, that's actually really quick and really cheap. I could do that a lot more frequently. And you find a very practical way to incorporate it maybe daily. And you play with it and it's right there to make it easy because you know how it is when we say, oh, I really have to, or I'd like to, or I got to get to. This takes away the got to get to and it lays it all out. It's, it's stuff that really matters to you and it can be anything. I joke all the time that iced coffee is my, one of my go-tos. I mentioned it in my bio with a, with a book, but that's for real. That's on my joy list. So is having conversations like these. So thank you, Donalyn. But that is my joy list and I would love to share that with anyone who wants to create their own guide to joy. I love that, um, especially, you know, Often people talk about what can I do to make joy happen in me, right? And what I love about this concept of your joy list is that it isn't meant just for you to say, oh, I'm happy when I walk in the woods. Therefore, now I have to walk in the woods for two hours a day, <laughs> right? That it's really there for you to raise some awareness around how you participate in the world in a way that feels really good to you. And so in my work, there's a lot, we do a lot with this. And then we work on using those feelings to entrain our bodies to make more of those chemicals, right? So because essentially, if you're angry for long enough, or upset, or under pressure, or overwhelmed for long enough, right? We practice it. So you talked about it in terms of caregiving, how you can get to that point where you just, this is how I'm living, is in survival. And that's it. That we not only are making the chemicals, but the receptors for the chemicals. And so suddenly we go like, I want to be happy and we can't sustain it. We don't know why we can't sustain it. We're like, I don't know. I used to be able to be happier and now I'm happy for like 10 seconds and then it goes away. And so we really literally have to do some work inside of our bodies in terms of uh, training our bodies to have the right receptors and chemicals and all the things. And this is an excellent way, what you just talked about, an excellent way to to raise that awareness, to practice it, mm -hmm. find those things that are easy and fast and all the things you need them to be, but then also to take that feeling and go into your day with it and don't let it get derailed. Love that. Yes. Well, I'd love to continue the conversation and you're listening to an amazing podcast right now. So if you want to pop over to mine after you're done listening here, Positively Living, I'd be honored. And if you want to 
practice uh, having little moments of joy through ridiculousness in terms of the reels that I create, then, uh, and you like Instagram, then that would be the place for you to come visit and say hello. I'm at positively underscore Lisa, and I would love for you to stop in and say hi. I do, uh, I try to, I call it stress management, and I, um, I practice a lot of humor, which is my, uh, one of my character strengths and my values, no surprise. So I, I play a lot on Instagram and I'd love it if you joined me. I love that. That's so great. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Donna Lynn. It's my pleasure. Excellent. Mine too. I also want to remind everybody that, of course, you can go to unbreakable.guide or donnalynn.blog to get your copy of The Guide to Becoming Unbreakable. And these things that we're talking about today in terms of energy, your energy, moving that energy, changing that energy, tuning into that energy, and having some choices about how you spend your life force in this world are all within that free ebook. So go ahead and pick it up, The Guide to Becoming Unbreakable. And I'll see you next time. <laughs>